podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 181 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. And just like that, pre-season is over. Um, at Goodison Park yesterday, obviously Everton winning a game, one goal to nil against, uh, against Sport, and which we'll go into very, very shortly to, to look back on the, the key points of that game and, and where we now find ourselves going into the, the, the Premier League season. Um, but the, the only place to start really is the uh, the famous search for a striker. We, we had a good chat last week about uh, what the current situation was. Then I think it was Monday. Um, strong links and a lot of talk around a, a young kid who plays for sport, 19 years of age, Yusef Chimiti, um is now, as of this morning, Sunday morning, 6th of August, now on the brink of, of signing for Everton Football Club medical in the next next day or so and he, he should be unveiled in, in the first couple of days of of, of this this new week um it's certainly it came from nowhere you know we, we saw all the names we were linked to we know we were heavily linked to Elbert Altori who we discussed last week um we, we spoke about uh Dia at uh, the club that I can't say in Italy which is which I said last week perfect I said last week perfectly um so he was another name that was in, that was in the mix um, and then this this link came about, and, and strong talk about about this this kid who's six foot four, nineteen years of age. He's, he's a big unit, and looking at highlights that that we put out last week, it showed you know what he can bring, and, and it's the profile that probably we, we would all say suits Sean Dice's Everton Football Club. You know, he, he's he's a young kid. He's very raw. We've got to put that in there. He's a kid who needs needs to develop quite a bit. Um, but but looking at him, Lee, you know, he is, you know, the size of him especially. We we, we do love a big striker at Everton anyway. But given the fact that if we have this reliance on, on Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's a big, tall, strong, athletic centre forward, this kid, although he's not going to come in and replace Dom, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, that's for sure, got a lot of develop, develop a lot of development to do, should I say. He he's the right kind of profile, isn't he for for you'd say, Sean Dice is Everton. Well, firstly, mate, I thought you were a man of the world, mate, with your languages. You let me down there. Do you know what? Down. It took Sal- me Saloni Tana, mate. Saloni that, Tana. Yeah, it? that's, yeah. It, it took me a while last week and, and I was just, you know, I had to sort of sit in front of the mirror um, last weekend saying it to myself and, and making sure that I don't I don't cock it up. I was all geared up with, to, to, to do me Portuguese this morning because we went to have Aaron on the show from... Uh, Prashima Janada, which I can say perfectly, by the way, uh, but but something's cropped up. Um, so I was practicing my Portuguese last night. So I've, I've let myself down a bit with, with me with me Italian. It's got to be said. Well done, mate. Well, I've just corrected you there. Then that's that's the first. <laughs> that's the first. Um, but no, going back to your original point, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you know um, this could prove to be a very shrewd sign, and couldn't it? I mean, you know what what we would what we've been crying out for as fans. You know, we've been lauding the likes of Brighton, haven't we, for for a long time now. And you'd almost say that's almost a Brighton esque type type signing. Um, and the fact we've we've taken a bit of a punt on a kid in Portugal, you know, from Sporting Lisbon, who've got a real record, haven't they, of producing top top young players? That's pretty much how they function as a club, don't they? They they develop real talents and then obviously try and make big profits on them. I believe the fees around about twelve million, isn't it? I think there are thereabouts. Yeah, about um, that three million add-ons. I think three million. Yeah, add-ons. yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, it's only taken us about a year to get a number nine in, um, but we finally got somebody in. I do agree with you. I mean, you can't expect the kid. You can't just throw him in. So you know, Calvert Lewin suddenly picked up a knock, which let's be fair, he's been prone to over the last couple of years. You know, just throwing him in and then expecting him to, you know, to tear up the Premier League's a big ask. So. I think he's going to be nurtured through. Um, you know, he's, his profile sort of fits the bill, if you like. I think I don't think he was top of our list. I think that's pretty clear. I think um, Torre definitely was that. Um, by all accounts, we've been we've been chasing him for the best part of twelve, eighteen months, and unfortunately lost out to um, Atalanta in the end, which is a shame, really, because 
think he would have been, you know, potentially, you know, only time will tell, but would have been a really good signing. But you can't blame the kid either. I mean, um, you know, Atalanta are a good side. They play attacking football, score lots of goals. They've got a track record of bringing, you know, good, you know, young players through and things like that as well. So, um, one that one that got away there. But um, yeah, going back to the young lad, I think I think you know, at the end of the day, let, let, let's see how he, let's see how he beds in. Um, my worry is for me is that we do need definitely need another more experienced striker in there. We have been linked, you know, with the likes of you know Che Adams um, and, and and you know we had Rodrigo. I think the Rodrigo deal was pretty much. You know, not all but done, but he certainly, you know, the Leeds had accepted the offer because it was a three million buyout clause, wasn't there? And then um, we were just trying to negotiate with the player. Um, and in the end, obviously, the Saudis came in and offered him 200 grand a week by all accounts, which we were never going to match, which is a shame that because I think I said to you boys, I think Rodrigo would have been a really good signing for us. You know, very, very good player, scored a lot of goals in the league last season and a poor Leeds team. He would have definitely come in and, and not, not no payout, wouldn't he? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, who who else we do go in and get there, um, you know, whether it's the likes of, like I said, Shea Adams, who we've been linked to. I'm, I'm not as big as family, but we linked to Antonio as well, haven't we? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Again, there, I'd probably prefer maybe Adams a little bit over him, um, and then we've also been linked to Ian Acho as well. I and mean, who, who, I think, between the three of us, we all pretty much agree that. Out of the three, he would be the one we'd all go for, isn't it? Um, I do rate him as a player, good age, scores a lot of goals, um, technically very good. But no, but going back to the Portuguese kid, as I said, you know, let, let, I'm, I'm happy we've managed to sort of identify these players. Which, let's be fair, if you look at the list of players we've identified since Thelwell's come in and his team, there's, there's a lot of talented kids in there, isn't there? Um, you know, players that a lot of us wouldn't have heard of before that you know, those names came up. You know, you look at the likes of Mohamed Kudus, for example, that we were at, we were after last last year, and you know, the player was on strike trying to force a move through. In the end, typical United spending ninety million pounds on a winger who's probably not worth half that. Um, stop stop Ajax from selling him to us. But you know, it's good to see and refreshing to see we're being linked with these types of players. We can clearly identify a player. The problem is, it's then it's you know over to you, Bill. Uh, go and try and negotiate, and his record is pretty much what less than ten percent of converting these deals, isn't it? Um, which isn't easy because you know we're not like other clubs where we can just pile in there with a load of cash, can we? And just say, there you go, there's twenty million up front, get it done. Um, so yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes in. I mean, there'll be a bit of pressure on the kid. I think as fans, we've got to give him a lot, you know, have a lot of patience here. Hundred um, percent, you know, he's not going to be our savior. I expect Dice to give him a few minutes here and there, uh, maybe starting, maybe you know, in the early la- uh, first round of the League Cup, for example, something like. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll bed him in slowly. I'm hoping just, you know, as yesterday showed, that Dom just gets a run of, you know, six to ten games and just stays fit because it makes a massive difference to us. Um, but yeah, look, hopefully now we we can confirm it in the next couple of days and it'll be uh, a bit of shrewd business. I think, and I think with with any any transfer, you know, we, you see it on social media, especially any transfer seems to lift the mood, doesn't it, in terms of the, the fan base, especially given that we're going into the to the week of the first Premier League game of the season. Uh, we know we've only brought in two players. We were just discussing, weren't we, in terms of you know who we brought in, and Ashley Young and, and Dan Juma, and then the players that we've that we've let go. So you you, you will not even so much argue. You, you will say you will say we're probably. In, in a worse position than we ended last season in terms of bodies and um that's the big that's the big concern really isn't it the fact that we we've let so many players go and we are in a in a worse position so when it, when it when it comes down to players coming in i think it always brings a little bit of a buzz and excitement and as much as this kid's only scored three goals i think it was in 22 appearances last season he did that he did play uh about five, five appearances in the europa league as well and um, i think it was 16 games in the in the portuguese league so you know he has been exposed to, to high level football um a lot of sport and fans were have been fairly impressed with him um and and they were disappointed to see him to see him move on because they had high hopes like you said this is the kind of sign Everton should be making we should be we should be getting these players in you know for 
I mean, in the modern age, it's not a massive outlay, is it? You know, say twelve million pounds. The chances are, you know, if we do it right, you won't even we haven't, we haven't got to pay three million pounds in add-ons because you should hopefully develop to you know at a rate where, in say two or three years, potentially he would then get moved on. That's the model. That's where we are. Um, but but Pete, how important is patience? Because we we're all looking for a savior, aren't we? We're all looking for someone to come in make an instant impact, be, become a player that we can rely upon. But this kid's 19 years of age, you know, even with uh, his, his appearances within the uh, youth leagues and things like that, he hasn't even made 50 games. So this, this kid is very much, you know, probably less less experienced than Amadou Onana had when we got him from, from Lille last season. How important is patience going to be in terms of us allowing him to develop not putting all the pressure on his shoulders and, and allowing obviously the manager to make sure that he that he plays him when he sees fit. It's it's absolutely massive. I think the question is whether he's going to get it. Um, and I, I think, like the, the two of you have just alluded to, that comes down to are we going to bring in another striker who's better positioned to um, to go into the first team and to compete with Calvert-Lewin or that offers at least a a similar option to Calvert-Lewin that allows us to maintain our, our system and style of play. Because, you know, we often talk on this podcast that we, we can be a bit of a cursed club when it comes to young players due to the amount of pressure we often we often put on youngsters. And I, I, think that, I think that could be a real challenge here because, you know, there's massive uncertainty around Calvert-Lewin's long-term fitness, We've been cautious with him in pre-season. He's not played an awful lot of football. You know, it's it's clear that he's still far away from the, the Calvert-Lewin that we we need him to be and want him to be. So if we don't bring in another striker, it puts a massive amount of pressure on this young lad. And I, I think another thing that puts a huge amount of pressure on him is uh, Ellis Sims leaving the club. Because rightly or wrongly, I, I just think it's going to happen. People are going to make comparisons between him and Ellis Sims. People are going to ask the question, look, why have we let Sims go? You know, somebody that knows Everton, knows the Premier League, you know, score, scored scored in the Premier League, um, you know, has the right kind of physicality. I think people are already understandably asking the question, why Sims didn't get more game time over Mope last season? So, there is, I think already there's a lot of pressure, um, and I think some of that pressure is about you know c- coming to Everton. You know we're we're a massive club coming to the Premier League, but particularly the situation we're in with the squad, and we like we've just got to bring in another centre forward. Otherwise, I do think it puts a huge amount of pressure on on this young player, and it is something I'm quite concerned about. I had a, I had a quick chat with uh, um, um, Andy El uh, El Pivote, um about him briefly on the phone the other day. I know Andy doesn't get to do a podcast now because of his role, um, but uh, he was saying about him, I think he was pretty much from, you know, the little grapevines he's heard saying that Bilal Torre was our first choice. And we were also looking at uh, Bouladia as well, who you mentioned before, Mike, and then obviously this kid. Um, and he was basically saying, yeah, look, um, very raw, you know, very much, a, a, you know, a young lad in the game, as we can all see, but said, you know, technically pretty good, as most young Portuguese players tend to be, good, you know, from the little clips we've seen as well, good with his bat to goal, seems to be reasonable in the air, which you'd expect for his height as well. Um, but these are all things, you look, you look when we signed Calvert-Lewin and we brought him in, um, you know, it, it's kind of almost reminiscent of that, isn't it? When we first brought Dom in, he was very much a similar profile, wasn't he? Also, you know, the lad needs to put on a little bit more weight as well. Dom was the same. He was quite skinny when he, when he first came and then got that as well. And then, we, you know, we, we've nurtured him through. And before his injuries, you know, with the Carlo Carlo season, you'd probably say Dom was probably, what, 50, 60 million pound player. When he forced his way into that England team and he was scoring goals, you know, before he had his plight of injuries, you probably would say he's a 50, 60 million pound player, wasn't he? Um, he was the number two to Kane for a good while, wasn't he? Before before his injury scuppered him, so you know if we can if we can progress this kid along the similar sort of path, you know almost show him look this is what we signed Dom for, you know similar profile to you, similar age, and this is what he is now. I mean you know he, he should be looking at that. So um, 
But I agree with you, Pete. There, I think we've got we've got to be you know massively patient with him. You know, not only is he a young kid, he's comes to a completely different league. Um, and you know, the soon the sooner the sooner, and I know this sounds like we're going in on him, or I'm going in on him again. But the sooner, you know, the drop off to Mope is unbelievable, and we we need to we need to basically make sure we get someone in for me before the Fulham game because. At the moment, we're struggling to score goals as it is, and Mope does not look like he's going to score a goal. But this, this is it, and I'm not being catastrophic about it. But you, you can visualise it now. Cavaloon becomes unavailable, and Dash starts Mope, and we're, we're all thinking the same thing, aren't we? We're all thinking the same thing. Start the lad on the bench, throw him in, give him a go. He's going to be better than Mope. So already it creates pressure, doesn't it? It puts pressure on the manager. It puts pressure on the players. It's just that we've got to avoid that position. We've got to have somebody else that that we can go to. Um, you know, look, I'm not going in on our players, but Mopey's just not right for us. And I'm, I hope the club are doing everything they can to to find the right deal for him, so that we're in a better position to bring someone else in because it's it's crucial. And I'd go as far as to say I think our our season hinges on it. Yeah, I think you're bang on there. You can just see it now, like you said. You know. It, the fans are clamouring for the new lad to get a few minutes. You can imagine he comes on and he probably gets knocked off the ball straight away with his back to goal or he tries a few lollipops and gets tackled and they're going, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? And the groans will happen and then all of a sudden... Who's the money? Like, Who signed him? Who signed him? Who's doing the scouting? Dalwell, what'd you do, lad? <laughs> Very good impression, that. Views from the paddock there by uh, by Pete, uh, but, yeah. but but you guys, you, you, these are the kind of things that that go on, you know. And and you've and, as patience is always so difficult, but this is this is what we've got to do with these players that are coming in and of that age, you know, nineteen years of age is nothing. He's played, as I said, you know, he's made a handful of senior appearances. He's got a handful of goals. His profile looks right, of course. But you've always got to when you when you uh, evaluating these players from a fan's perspective, you've always got to just take a little bit of a backseat, allow the player to to get minutes here and there. Like you said, throw them in for a league cup game, things like that. Allow them to develop. You might even see them in the, in the twenty ones. Sometimes getting a little bit of experience there. You know, go, going to play for them and you know playing playing against you know even in the um, is it the Papa John's trophy, whatever it's called nowadays. Even in those kind of games, lash him in, you know, throw him in, give him some minutes against men, because that's that, that's how you learn, how you learn about the game. So um, difficult, and that's where this this second striker coming in has got to be the one who then alleviates the pressure from both Dominic Calvert-Lewin and also Chimiti, isn't it? Because you've got to have this other striker who's got experience, knows the Premier League, is you know the, the profile that we've been linked with, Che Adams, uh, Mikhail Antonio. Coletti and Acho, those kind of players who know the league, who scored goals in the Premier League, can just come in, be on the bench, come on for Dom for, you know, for let's say, 15, 20 minutes, start the game if Dom's injured. And then this kid's then waiting in the wings to get the nod to then get the, you know, 15, 20 minutes himself. And, and that's how it's got to be done. And then as the season goes on, all being well, injuries permitting, he can then probably get more and more game time. And then the pressure is eased. And you know, we're in an ideal world. Everton have a season that doesn't involve fighting for our lives at the bottom of the table because that brings it obviously its own pressure as well. And how do young players react to that? So there's a lot, a lot of things that that go into go into obviously patience and having patience and how long people can be patient for. But the hope is that the season is less dramatic. It's that little bit calmer from a fan perspective as well, which then. You know, it, it then reflects on the players on the pitch. You can then just go and try and play the football, enjoy the football, and allow the younger players to develop. Sorry, I was saying to you before, mate. I think that, I think that's bang on there. That that would be the you'd imagine would be the plan for Dice as well, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, and the fact that you know, look, if I'm bringing this kid in, I only want to play, use him sparingly, get him to know the league. You know, bring him on, like you just said, maybe t- five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, or, or we might need a goal with ten to go, whatever. Put him on, see if he can do something. And that and that that's how it should be. You know, we, we, we cannot have him starting a game straight away in the Premier League for me. You know, if he's thrown straight in because Dom picks up another injury, you know, that, that is so harsh on the kid. You know, you know, we saw what happened with Moise Keane. I mean, look, that was a gamble. We ended up making our money back. In fact, we made probably a little bit of a profit with the loan fees. But that didn't work. So, you know, let, let's hope now we can 
you know, nurture him through is probably the right, the right, the right word to say. But the, the, the one thing I am worried about, you mentioned it before. There, you know, we've if you include January, we've let what eight, nine players go, and you know, we've we've brought in two, uh, one on a free. He's thirty-eight, who I think will prove to be a shrewd signing, by the way, and I expect him to start a left back. I think he, you know, he, he know he knows the score. Ashley Young, he's a very good player. I think that will prove to be uh, a very shrewd bit of business, even maybe just for a year. Um, but then you, you've also got on the flip side of that, you know, another another loan in Dan Juma, who we've obviously you know got knocked back by, and then now we've brought him in. He's picked up a little knock already. You know, we've spent we've well, we haven't we haven't spent any money in the transfer window right now. Um, and when you see what other clubs have spent, um, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, the gap has always been fairly big compared to the haves and the haves nots. But when you see now what the likes of other clubs are spending, you know, it, it just it it just it's so hard not to be not to be down about that for me. I know we've obviously got to look at it from a different angle, but do you know what I mean? When you look at you know Villa getting, like I said before, off air, like getting Diaby, who's a really top player. You know what I mean? The rumours now that Kudus is going to Brighton. You know what I mean? And again, you know, player that we could have got in, but we just couldn't get it over the line. And I, I just look at, I just look at those clubs with a little bit of envy, if I'm honest, and just think like, you know, imagine you going into the first season, you've got, you know, like I said before, like you've got Kudis, Matoma, and João Pedro as your front three. Imagine that was us going into the start of the season with that. Yeah, you know I mean, we'd be absolutely bouncing down to Goodison Park, wouldn't we, knowing that that was going to be the case? So it's, look, I understand, you know, we we're, we're, we're sort of. Reaping what we sow in terms of, um, you know, we had a crack at it and we cocked it up. But yeah, it, it just it just frustrates me when when so we're going into the first game of the season. We've seen that many go out the window, and we've only brought in two players, and they've not cost us a bean. It is it's actually a little bit sick, as you say, when you see the the money which is being thrown around by other clubs and clubs outside of you know the the Champions League. The, or the usual Champions League clubs, should, should I say? You know, you, you see the money being spent by likes of Villa and Newcastle. Obviously, they are in, in the Champions League next season. Uh, even Forest, given given their their apparent financial woes, are still linked to everybody and throwing money about and, and trying to bring players in. And you know, you, you just think, how, how do we even go about trying to compete in this league? And that's the job that Sean Dyche has got. It's not an easy job. You know, it's it's, it's such a difficult job. And I trust him to do it. I, I've got full trust that, that he will he will keep us in the Premier League next season. Um and and hopefully then we you know we brighter days are ahead, you know, given if we can stay in the Premier League next season, the season after should be the, the year or the season in which we move into to Bramley Moor. And I, I was down here for Guardian United and listen, what what a sight, what a what a sight it is. And that's what you should be taking new players to. You know, getting players tied down on long-term contract and saying this is where you're going to be playing football. You know, because it's just absolutely spectacular, and um, that's what what the future is. And we've got to get there. We've we've got to get. You know, that's our future. That's it's it's the. I keep on referring to it as a silver bullet. That's how I see it. Um, and you know, we we've got hopefully greater days to look forward to. But getting there is is the task, and that's what it, what is in hand for the manager, for the recruitment team, um, and fingers crossed we can do. A bit more business in this this transfer window, and make sure we come out of the window in a stronger position than we than we entered it and that we ended last season. Um, but before we, we look ahead to the first Premier League game of the season, obviously we finished our pre-season at Goodison Park yesterday against Sporting. Um, the weather was horrendous, by the way. I don't know what was going on. Absolutely shocking weather. Um, luckily, the row I mean, in the in the paddock I was I was covered, but some people were getting absolutely drenched. Um, so it wasn't really a, a, a summer pre-season friendly, but we finished things off with a one-nil win. Obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin got on the score sheet with a with a lovely taken penalty. Good, strong forty-five minutes from him. I thought after he played forty-five against Monza in midweek as well, um, and it was you know it's always nice to to finish pre-season unbeaten as much as it doesn't mean a great deal, but it's always good to, to get into that particular habit. Uh, but but Pete, what did you take from it yesterday? Um, you know, it was a, a fairly strong sport inside. Uh, I thought um, Yusef Chimisi would come over on their flight just so Everton didn't have, didn't have to pay for his uh, his flight to Liverpool, save a little bit of little bit of money. What <laughs> wasn't to be. But what did you take from the game? Obviously, looking at the start eleven, the only real shock 
in there. We knew Dan Zuma had a knock and wasn't going to be playing. We knew Dwight McNeil is going to, going to have a few weeks out as well. Uh, was obviously Ben Godfrey partnered uh, James Tarkovsky at the back, which is a little bit of a surprise. Do you see that starting eleven being the one at start against Fulham, or do you think there is going to be a little bit of uh, room for manoeuvre there? No, I, I think he will go with probably Michael Keane alongside Tarkovsky if he's available, and if he's not, I think he'll go with with Branthwaite, like we were discussing last week. Um, I, I'm going to kind of play the pre-season disclaimer. You know, in, in that if we if we would have won six nil yesterday, I wouldn't be sitting here on on the podcast today, fantasizing that we'd be pushing for Europe. Um, you know, equally if we would have got beat three nil yesterday, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be sat here saying we're definitely going to go down. But I thought there were, particularly in the first half, some some signs to be potentially worried about. Cause I think there have been trends throughout the the season. I, you know, the glaring one is how much we've struggled to create and score from open play. But I think the big thing that struck me yesterday was I felt in terms of our our, our our shape and our tactics, we were almost, almost a bit reminiscent of Everton under Frank Lampard in that I think in the first half, I must have counted at least four, maybe five times where they ran through the midfield. They didn't pass it through us, didn't play through the lines. They ran through the lines, they ran at us and it was just far too easy. And I, I looked, I looked at us in the first half, and I, I was trying to say to myself, you know, look, it's pre-season, it's about fitness, it's about organisation, it's about momentum, blah blah blah. But I also thought, if this is Fulham, that, and they've got Mitrovic, they'll kill us, because there were about four chances in that first half where a Premier League striker puts it in the bag. And I think the thing I was frustrated about was how easy it was to get at the back four, and I couldn't get with the personnel we had in midfield what quite was happening there. Um, on, on a positive sense, I thought we looked dangerous when we broke. I thought particularly in the second half, we looked a bit better going forward. Um, and Decore again, although it, there's been these rumours that he's going to have a slightly deeper role, I thought he did really well to get forward. And again, a lot of the positive things that we did came through him, You know, particularly in the first half. I think, um, was it Calvert-Lewin missed a header from about three yards? And that came from a Decore shot and get, get Decore kind of picking up that uh, that position, kind of hanging at the edge of the box. Um, and we, you know, we know he's he's a surprisingly good um, good finisher at times with with his feet when he when he gets into those positions. But th- there were a few things I was concerned about yesterday, and I, I do wonder, like we were just talking about in terms of our recruitment in pre-season, whether it might take us a little bit of time to, to build momentum this season. And it might be a challenge for, for the fan base to, again, have that patience that we often struggle to have and stick with the team. Again, I'm trying not to be too catastrophic about it. I thought there were lots of positives about yesterday, but I was a bit concerned with, I think, our defensive shape and I think our, our defensive work as a team, as a unit. I thought the back four defended really well. And I thought we did particularly well to end up actually with the clean sheet because for the last... 10 minutes in particular, Sporting really, you know, they really turned it on, didn't they? They really pushed for the equaliser. So I'm trying to be balanced about it, but yeah, I, I didn't think our um, our, our defensive setup was was great yesterday. Yeah, I, I think I think that first half, probably for me more so than the second, I think there was an improvement in the second half in terms of defensively. We, we were at times a little bit open. Um, as I say, Ben Godfrey started with James Tarkovsky, we had uh, Ashley Young left and and uh, Nathan Patterson on, on the right-hand side. I think, I think I think we looked a little bit better with, with Jared Branthwaite in there. I like a, a left and right foot balance, you know, to, to our centre-halves. And, you know, this kid's gone on loan to, to PSV, had a successful season. And, you know, he's, he's come back in now. And I know we spoke last week and I was convinced that Michael Keane would, would get the nod um, over Branthwaite yesterday. Michael Keane only came on, came on the pitch because of a, a very, very late injury to, to James Tarkovsky. So I thought it was interesting to see Jared Brantway come on and get the nod ahead of Michael Keane. Because it even I know I know the manager alluded to still trying to get minutes in the legs of certain players, and Brantway will be one of those players. But I'm pretty sure he played the full 90 against Monza. Uh, he played 45 against Stoke, and he played 45 again, again yesterday. So if you've got next weekend in mind, that suggests you that well, the two centre outs he's got in mind to play with James Tarkovsky are going to be either 
Ben Godfrey, which for me he won't because he he hasn't really had many of any minutes at centre half over the course of pre-season, or Jared Brantwaite. So I think we're we're going to see that because Tarkovsky got a knock, he'll be fine, no, no problem there. He doesn't get injured, and and the manager was quite quite positive yesterday. Listen, he'd be, be no problem there. So I fully expect next weekend to see that back four that we saw start the second half for me will be the back four that we see. Um, and I hope it is because like like Phil, when Phil was on the show last week and he said, you know, what's what's better? Is it better to throw Brown Space in from week one and say, like, go on, you know, form your partnership, off you go. Or throw him in when potentially Michael Keane has had a bad, say, two, three, four games. Everton are up against it in terms of, you know, the fact we haven't maybe won many games, we've got a poor points total, and he comes in under severe pressure. What's what's better for a young player? You know, so it's trying to find that balance. But I think I think he will he will he will get the nod. And I was and to be fair, I was I was I was impressed with him when he came on yesterday. You know, both him and Tarkovsky, I think, did well against Jokerez. We, we know what he's all about. We've been linked with him for about the last 12 months. Big strong lad. My, Isabel, my daughter, said, Why are his shoulders so big? Look like he was wearing um, shoulder pads, American football shoulder pads. He was massive. He's a big, strong kid. That's Jokerez. And, you know, Tarkovsky's a big lad. We know what he's all about. He was great. And I thought Bradstreet did, did really well against against him. So I, w- I was fairly impressed there, you know, um, in terms of what I saw. But at, attacking wise, at times, you know, I think the manager said again, when we were countering, we got into some great positions and the crosses that were coming in were great, especially first half. And we got into some good positions and we and we were wasteful, you know. Um, I know we had that, what you mentioned then, obviously the, the Corey and Calvert-Lewin chances in the first half, which we really, one of them should have, should have put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and, you know, in the second half, we were probably a little bit more maybe uh, mobile as the game opened up a little bit and tiredness crept in. But I think I think all in all, I was fairly satisfied with, with what I saw yesterday at, uh, at Goodison Park. Yeah, I think that's a good... Both of you <clears throat> summarised it really well there. Um, I think there's one thing that stood out. I, I went to the Bolton game. Um, I'll still be known as the Reebok for me, by the way. And... Um, I think that was about halfway through, wasn't it? Finished nil-nil. I mean, we probably should have scored two or three in the first 20, 30 minutes there. Um, you know, we just didn't have that clinical finish again. But if you look at the way the the pre-season's panned out, you know, I think we've only conceded is it two goals, Mike. You know, these sort of things. We've only conceded two goals in five games, isn't it? So, you know, we do look reasonably solid at the back. I do agree with you, Pete, there. Um, the fact that, you know, they were basically running through us at times was a little bit worrying when you consider the personnel we had in midfield there as well. It's not as if we had Tom Davis and Andre Gomez next to each other there like we have in the past, you know, where they're struggling to cover the pitch. Um, so there are warning signs there as well. I, you know, it's clear as day, and I said this to you, Mike, you know, with the Fulham game, and you know, it's it, that's not going to be a goal fest. I'd be very surprised if that's a goal fest. You know, it, you can see it's going to be a very tight game, probably not too dissimilar to Sporting yesterday. Um, where it's going to be the odd goal that's going to, and, and that's the way it's going to be for us, I think, uh, unless we get some some bodies that are going to score goals in that football team. Because one thing Dice will do, and he has shown it in the past, you know, he has he has um, probably made us more solid um, on the whole. But we also need to ca- we need to carry that goal threat. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I would have said this. I don't think many people would have said this nine nine months ago. But we missed Dwight McNeil yesterday. You know what I mean, massively, and and, yeah, and that and that shows you how how much he you know how much he turned it on the last last couple of months of the season. You know, he was probably our biggest goal threat, wasn't he? Uh, his ability to carry the ball. Um, he's one of those sort of weird players that seems to be a little bit quicker when he's actually running with the ball. Um, and obviously, he likes to shoot. You know what I mean? He likes to shoot, and he, his delivery is pretty decent as well. So we did lack that little bit of a goal threat with him. We will miss him. It looks like he's done his ankle ligaments. It's probably looking about a month out. I mean, that's, that's, you know, a big miss there, to be honest. Um, but we, we definitely need more goals in this team. You know, we can't be going into every, we've, we've, how many times we said on this podcast, we can't be expected to keep a clean sheet every week. You know what I mean? And there was times, wasn't there, last season where we knew if we conceded first, but we're, we're, we're all looking at each other going, how are we going to score two? And 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 I, I just think we we cannot be in that position again. You know, there's no way any football fan in this country wants their team to to sort of be like, well, if we, if we concede first, we've lost. You know what I mean? And and you know, 
that's the last thing we want. And we definitely need more goals in this team. It's clear as day. Um, I thought Onana, Mike, you mentioned it, um, was outstanding again. Um, I thought there was flashes there. I mean, this kid's going to be a real player, isn't he, in the next four or five years? Um, there was flashes of almost, you know, uh, Yaya Torre bursting through midfield, almost Vieira-esque with, with his strides. You know I mean? There was one bit where Pickford obviously played it to him from uh, on, on the floor from, from the edge of his box and he just rolled his midfielder and just burst into their half before we, you know, within a split second on the edge of their box, just him carrying it. Um, I'd like him to have a shot. It sort of opened up for him a little bit, didn't it? And I'd like him to, to have had a shot there, but um, he obviously laid it out wide. will be had a block cross and that was the end of the move. But, you know, in that sort of situation, I want him to be greedy, have a dig there. Um, you know, he, he's done the hard bit, if you like. Um, but it'd be interesting to see who he plays in off the left because, um, you know, one of the players who has impressed, it'd be interesting to get your opinions on this, one of the players who has impressed in pre-season and Dice's come out and said it himself, well, well if you believe the way Dice talks, it looks like a new sign and Lewis Dobson. Uh, <laughs> what, what he said. I, I don't know whether you saw that. Did you see that? Picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got on to it, yeah, yeah. In the post-match interview, you called him Lewis Dobson's had a great, a great pre-season. So, <laughs> obviously, Lewis Dobbin, um, I know he got a little bit of a cameo yesterday, but it'd be interesting to see if he does play Lewis uh, or what role he does he does have against Fulham. I'd imagine he'd probably be on the bench, judging by yesterday. But you know, he he certainly come back from pre-season and grasped his uh, his chance, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's had a good pre-season. He scored a great goal against Monza, which we all saw the footage of that um, in in midweek. And when he came on against Stoke, I thought he was lively for the last fifteen minutes. Didn't get into the game yesterday, to be honest with you. What wasn't wasn't down to him. It was just the you know sport, and we're pushing those like Pete said those last other ten minutes or so. So didn't really get into the game. I would have liked to have seen him for a little bit longer, sort of give him 20, 25 minutes. You know, there was no, no reason not to give him more more game time, really. Um, but we know what he's all about. He, you know, he's got that pace. He's direct. He'll go at players. Um, I think people, when when any set of supporters see a young player like that who's who's made for the modern game and straight away he, he brings excitement because he, he is quick here and he is direct, you know, straight away, they jump on him and think, oh, you know, he's got to start, he's got to be in the squad. For me personally, he's got to be loaned out. He's just got to be loaned out. And it's, you know, he had a strong pre-season, of course, but let's not get carried away. The, the kid went to Derby last season, was in and out of the side from what from what I remember, uh, did some really good things. But he's still a very, very young player who's got to go and learn his trade. And and I think he's only still in and around the club because the Mario Gray is getting sold. As we all know, he should be off to Fulham. Hopefully, it's it's uh, it's sorted this week. He hasn't he hasn't been training as uh, as such, um, and and we haven't brought in the wide player that we need to bring in yet. So you know, there's those two things combined, plus an injury now to Dwight McNeil and the knock to to Dan Juma. So we needed to keep him in and around that first team squad. And it's not me having a, having a go with him. He's had a really strong pre-season. We've got to sort of temper our expectations and remember the age of the kid, the experience that he's had or little experience that he's had, obviously one, one season on loan at Derby County. Um, he's got a lot of learning to do. And I think that learning will come away from the club, like like we've seen um, both Warrington and Mills loaned out in the last week or so. Dobbin, for me, will follow at the back end of the window. Tom Cannon, he'll, he'll follow. He'll be off to, off to Preston at the back end of the window by all accounts on loan. So, you know, let's let's just remember the age of the kid and, and the reasons why he's probably still in and around the squad. And I think that will change over the next sort of two or three weeks or so, personally. Yeah, I, I like the look of Tom Cannon as well. I do think another loan is the right move for him. Um, he looks bright. He looks a good finisher. Um, again, Dare I say it? You know, seems to offer or will offer would offer a lot more than sort of a, a mope in that sort of role. But obviously, he does need to go on loan and probably get another year playing in the championship. Um, but um, you know, going back br- briefly to your Branthwaite point, I, I do hope he does start Branthwaite from the very start against Fulham. Um, as we know, Fulham have had a difficult window to potentially losing Willian now, which is a big threat for them. He's a good player still. Hopefully Mitrovic doesn't play either. I mean, the rumours are he's refusing to play. Hopefully that'll be the case. Um, suddenly, without those two players, you know, they, they don't look anywhere near the force as they were last season. Because let's be honest, last season he had a very good season. 
sort of faltered a bit towards the end, but the first, you know, half, three quarters of the season, they were very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I hope he starts with Branthwaite because certainly the second game of the season against Villa, I mean, we did say this off air before, with the signings Villa have made, with the finish they had to last season under Emre, who's a fantastic coach, as we know, yeah. they, Villa will push that top six this season. There's no doubt about that. You know, they've got strong players. I was watching them briefly the other day and, you know, their midfield looks strong. They've got Tielemans there, who's a brilliant signing on a free. They've got Abubakar Kamara, who's a top top young player they got last year. Obviously, injury stopped him maybe having an impact. You know, and as I said before, Diaby, will, I think, will have a hell of a season for him if he stays fit. Um, so, that Villa game, second game, I know people are saying, Everton have got a really friendly start. No, in some ways, yeah, overall, we have. But, you know, you know, Villa Park's been a tough place for us to go, isn't it, in, the, in recent years? And, um, you know, that will be a very tough game. I imagine, as without going into too much detail yet, Dyshaw's plan will, will be literally just to try and sit off there and be very hard to beat and close the spaces. Don't let in anything in behind because they've got speed, speed, uh, you know, in abundance uh, up front. So, yeah, I mean, that's looking ahead a bit. But um, I do hope, like you said, Mikey, does start with Bransway from the start because... You know, we all know Keane. We've seen enough of him. There's times where he's looked really good, but a lot of the time, you know, he has, he has got a mistake in him. We know his confidence is fragile. Yeah. You know, if I'd, have, if I'd, have, I think if you'd have spoke to most fans, most of them would probably want to would have wanted to keep Cody or Mina for that matter ahead of ahead of Michael Keane. I think both of them are better centre halves personally. Um, but we are where we are with that now. Um, and the interesting thing is, like I was saying. Um, before to you two, I, I do think we need another four in, don't we? We need another centre forward, or we need another centre forward, definitely, like we talked before, someone with more experience. We need a winger, and you know, it looks like this Nonto rumours aren't going away. I personally like him, I'd have him all day. Uh, I'd also try and get his teammate Harrison if that was even possible. Um, we need another midfield, and we need a centre half minimum, so that's four, possibly five, if you then potentially go after someone like a Harrison as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of work, a lot of work to be done in the transfer market, even even now. Um, and it, it is going to be it's going to be a really really busy end. And it wasn't the way probably that we all wanted to do it. You know, we all wanted to get as many players in as we possibly could before the start of the season to allow them to to bed in. That's what we all wanted. Obviously, it's not being the case with obviously Timothy coming in over the next couple of days or so. Hopefully, can we get one more in before Fulham? Who knows? You know, just to make that squad stronger. Um, who knows? It's 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 it could be it could be a really late run in terms of the the other sort of two or three players to come in. Um, but like you say, you, you know, you've alluded to there, Fulham just around the corner. We're we're getting into the to the first week of the new Premier League season. It's come round really really quickly, and we're going to discuss our first game of the season at Goodison Park after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Saints podcast, where it's now all, all eyes on on Fulham. The Premier League season is almost here. I'm just watching Amadou as highlights as I'm talking from uh, yesterday. Unbelievable. Obviously, pre-season friendly. But when you, when you see the highlights package, he, what a game he had. And he's going to be a hugely important player to, to Everton this season, that's for sure. Um, but back to Fulham. You, you, know, you, you mentioned it earlier on in terms of how... how the season they had probably tailed off a little bit at the back end of last season, surprised a lot of people. Uh, but they've gone through this summer piece, haven't they? With a little in a little bit of turmoil, you, you'd probably say with Fulham when, you, when you've got obviously uh Mitrovic, you scored so many goals for them last season, did his usual, had his usual uh sort of fiery temper take control at some point when he got that lot lengthy ban after, after what happened in the at Old Safford. Um, but a, a real key player for them. As things currently stand, I think he's refusing to play for them. He's been training, but he's been looking to get a move to, to Saudi Arabia. Hasn't yet materialised, so we, we hasn't played any any pre-season football or much at all. Um, you've had Marco Silva linked to to moving himself to Saudi Arabia, subject of a, of a big a big uh, contract offer there. You've had the situation around Willian, where he was linked to Saudi Arabia, signed a deal with Fulham, and now a club in Saudi Arabia still. Are now, are now in 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 concrete talks with them to, to actually buy him off Fulham. Such a strange situation, and and it's 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 a really bizarre summer, I'd say this uh, this pre season and this this transfer window. 
So in terms of players incoming, they brought in Calvin Bassi from Ajax, obviously former Rangers player, and also uh, Raul Jimenez from from Wolves. But it's a strange time really for Fulham, isn't it? You know, the after such a, a solid show in last season, and we know what he did to us at Goodison Park. Uh, obviously under under Sean Dice as well, wasn't it? Losing that game by three goals to one. Are you happy, the fact, given the fact that Fulham are having a few little struggles, should we say, in, in the transfer market and potentially losing two really key players from the game against us? Well, you, you'd hope not, not only might it help us going into the first game of the season, but I, I guess that they're likely to be um, rivals with us, let, let's say, potentially in, in the bottom half of the table. Um other people might disagree with me on that, but I, I guess it's it's the classic kind of curse of the second season after you stay up. Often a lot of these sides do really tail off, d- despite how well they've done. So you'd hope on both fronts it could potentially be helpful. Um, but looking at their final pre-season game uh, against Hoffenheim, both Mitrovic and William played in that game. Uh, and it's looking like for now that they continue to be Fulham players, uh, so I wouldn't be too surprised t- to see them start or feature uh, against us. So I'm not sure how much for the next game it it will help us. Um, and I'm I'm trying not to be too, too do, doom and gloom about it, but I, although Fulham have got their own struggles, I, I just feel like the position that we're in in terms of recruitment and our pre-season, our squad we might not be quite ready uh, to go into this game because look, we know what to expect from from Marco Silva, Marco Silva sides that, that they're going to play quick. They're going to they're going to look to get through the lines. And I think if they've got Mitrovic up front, they might just have a little bit too much for us. I hope I'm absolutely wrong about that. Um, and I usually am when I say things like this. Everton normally go out and win about five nil, uh, but I, I'm not sure that Fulham will be hampered as much as we, we hope they might be by some of the things that are going on in their club. Well, yeah, I was full of, I was full of hope there, Pete, and then you've, you've given me a bit of a eulogy and now I've got us getting relegated uh, by March, the way that you're speaking. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 I totally get you, get what you're saying in terms of obviously um, where, where we are. So it's, it's more about sort of where, where we currently find ourselves. And as you said already, you know, there's a lot of shortcomings in, in Everton's squad as we, as we currently sit here today. Um, so that is a concern. I mean, the, the Fulham game yesterday against Hoffenheim, you obviously you mentioned there that Mitrovic got a little bit of time. Um, the two players that scored the goals in Fulham won the games by two goals to one with Jimenez and, and Calvin Bassi, the two the two new signings got the goals for them. So interesting, interesting straight away. But um, what are your thoughts, Lee, on 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 Fulham? Uh, obviously, Pete said there in regards to the fact that it's more about where we are. As a, as a club, are we a little bit short in terms of our preparation, uh, the number of players we, we haven't brought into the club? Um, is that Everton side that we saw yesterday against Sporting? Is that, bar maybe it was missing Dan Juma, who, who will probably be, be, be fifth for the first game of the season, is that side strong enough to beat the Fulham side that they've currently got available to themselves? Well, we did say, didn't we, in the summer, that um, one of the things that really set the season off last season was the fact that we were so slow in the market um, that we ended up, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, wasting the first four or five games of the season, didn't we, before we actually, you know, uh, brought in, brought anyone in. And and that that's my worry. We're in, we find ourselves in that kind of situation again, um, where we're going into the first game of the season and, you know, we, we clearly haven't finished our window. Now, I, I know finances dictate that, we're not in a privileged position where we can go up to a club and offer them, you know, a real chunk of money up front and get these deals over the line. We have to sort of, you know, uh, really negotiate. Um, and first of all, find players at clubs that are willing, you know, or clubs that are willing to sort of take payments uh, with low upfront, upfront costs. So that is hampering us big time and preventing us from getting these deals over the line. I think, you know, you look at the likes of Nonto, for example, that deal's gone on for pretty much the whole summer, isn't it? Now, if Nonto was in our squad, ready to play Fulham, um, going into the first game of the season, we'd all feel a little bit more confident, wouldn't we? Because we know McNeil's out, but then we know we've got this guy who's obviously played in the Premier League. He's got he's, he's got a goal in him. He's, he's talented. 
even if he came off the bench, I'd feel a lot more confident. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of where we are at the minute. But, you know, it's interesting what what you guys were saying there. The fact that uh, Mitrich has gone from refusing to play to suddenly getting a few minutes there. Um, Willian obviously playing as well. I'm hoping Willian's deal will will conclude this week. But then, you know, this whole Saudi thing, which I think is an absolute farce, by the way, is is is... You know their window is longer than ours, and you know I can see a lot of teams getting picked off once the transfer window closes over there as well. Hopefully, William will go this week because you know I really rate him. I know he's obviously not the player he was, but he's still very much a danger man. You know he causes problems against everyone. He scores problems uh, against us in the past as well, even for Fulham. Another big player for them is Andres Pereira as well. They signed from United. It was, it was brilliant for them last season. He got a bad injury towards the end of the season, and that kind of coincided with Fulham's bad, bad run of form. To be honest, um, you know, I think at one point Fulham was sort of pushing the top six, weren't they? You know what I mean? And then obviously Pereira got injured, and every, a lot of things go through him. You know, he takes pretty much every set piece. Uh, he's very skillful. Uh, he's got a goal in him. Um, he's now back fit and obviously uh, uh, back in the side. So. He'll be a danger man to watch when we play them, um, play them at the weekend. So, you know, look, if you're going to write down a list of, of teams you'd want to play at home first game of the season, Fulham, you know, you'd probably say is a reasonably kind fixture, wouldn't you, uh, on the whole? But, you know, don't write them off. Don't write them off, whatever, whatever, whatever you say. I mean, you know, Silver always feels, and he's shown it, you know, he was potentially wrongly dismissed when you know, his time at Everton. Um, Maybe there's a little bit of truth in some of that. You know, we backed him certainly. In the end, uh, he's gone on to prove he's a very good manager, hasn't he? Um, and and he, he's shown that at Fulham. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I do I do hope we we get off we get off to the season with a win, though. It just lifts the fan base. You know, it, it just gives us a little bit of something. And and you know, certainly going into the second game, which like I said before, will be a really tough game. Going in there with three points just makes us feel a lot more, a lot more belief, doesn't it? A lot more buoyant going into that fixture. You know, you know, would you take a point possibly where we are now as a squad? But you know, Fulham at home, first game of the season, full Goodison Park. You know, we should be trying to get three points there. Let's be honest. I think obviously you want to start at home, don't you? You know, we we've got the last memory we've got from last season was obviously. But the survival on the on the final day of the season, um, and you know, hopefully the weather the weather's a bit better than it was this weekend. Hopefully the sun's out and it's it's a it's a typical first day of the season game. And you know, you, you want to be at home. You want to be have the the fans behind you. You know, it'll be a great atmosphere. Of course, there's always that that air of anticipation at the start of any season. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done in the transfer transfer market. You still go to Goodison Park. Excited for what's to come. Um, excited for for how how Everton are going to play. Excited for what the atmosphere is going to be like. So excited to get the first pie of the season from home baked in the fan zone. Of course, there's a new pie out by the way. A Seamus Coleman tribute for anyone who really likes the likes the pies. There, you like this piece? Steak and Guinness. Not for me personally. I'm not a fan of ale in my pies, but um, I'm sure you'll be all over the uh, the steak and Guinness pie. I'll be having two. <laughs> so there, you know, these are the kind of things that you look forward to, to to doing on that first game of the season. I just think that, you know, it will be it will be raucous. Uh, Goodison Park is always such a leveler. You know, it's not as if we're facing a Man City, Arsenal, you know, Man United, those kind of sides at home. We're playing for them, mid-table side last season. Still, for me, going through a bit of turmoil. Yet they've got some good players. But Everton have got some good players. I know, obviously, people say, well, you know, we, look where we were last season, of course. But there's still some good players in there. And they've had the pre-season under Sean Dyche. They, they've gone through all the the, uh, the hurt from, from Gaffer's day and things like that. And, and I think Everton will be a much, much fitter side than they were, than what we've seen in the last probably two, three, four years. I think we will see a much fitter side. Um, I did think we looked quite lean yesterday. Did you see that, Mike? You were there. Obviously, I didn't go to the game. We looked quite lean, yeah. didn't we? Listen, they all you know they should be in shape, shouldn't they? But I think, given we know Sean Dyche is a real stickler for, for this kind of thing, you know he's a stickler for standards. We know obviously his pre seasons are difficult. So you know there was an interview with Troy Deeney come out uh, on a podcast last week, and he was talking about about when he played under under Sean Dyche and what he used to do, and 
And, you know, th- th- this man, it just takes no messing. And, and I would expect the players to be much fitter. I really do. And, and to be fair, they, they did look fit and strong. And um, it'll be interesting to see how, as the season goes on, how that plays out and how that helps us, hopefully, along the way. But I'm looking forward to getting in there. I've got, I've got to be honest with you. You know, we know that that committee should go through Monday or Tuesday. If, like you mentioned earlier, if we can get a Nonto in, if we can get a Suleiman in, those, those kind of players that have been linked to the club, imagine getting another player in before before Saturday. What kind of lift that would bring, you know? And then getting Dan Zuma back from injury, which I think I think he will be. Tarkowski uh, past fit, which I'm sure that he will be. You know, these are the kind of the positive news that we need in the lead up to the first game of the season. But I, I for one, I'm excited to get back in there. We've got to put the last two seasons to bed. We've got to forget about it. We can't go in there with this negativity of, you know, this is where we were the last two seasons. Okay, it's a totally different situation now. You know, I know it's difficult to transfer market. I know we haven't got a great deal of money. The manager is is, is doing whatever he can with the players that he's got. Kevin Thelwell is working incredibly hard, and we know he's identifying players. Let, let's be perfectly honest. He's not the one doing the deals. Um, and I'm sure we will be in a better position at the end of this window, but we've said it already. we said it again today. We cannot afford to throw away games at the start of the season. You know, we, we've said already, you know, when, you, when you're opening up with, obviously, a home game against Fulham, Aston Villa, difficult, of course, we've said it. Home game against Wolves and an away to Sheffield United. You've got to be looking at getting some good points out of those four games. And we cannot afford to throw them away. So hopefully, this week is, is a positive one in terms of a couple of, couple of players through the door. Uh, but me personally, I love the start of the season. Hopefully, the sun's out, and and, and I can't wait for Premier League football to be back. And look, let's, let's face it. Thank God we're still there. Yeah, very true. Actually, it's uh, a good way, a good way to finish on it. Um, just quickly before before we finish up, uh, boys, I just wanted to get your opinions. There's been a lot of um, well, there was, there was obviously the interview on the overlap with Delhi Ali, which was incredibly moving, actually. Um, and when you realise what the lad's gone through, it's it's unbelievable. But um, there was a lot of support for him there yesterday, rightly so, in my opinion. There's been a lot of support in football for him. You know, um, he clearly looks, you know, like he's a lot happier now. And now he's come out like almost like a weight off his shoulders. You know, there was a, there was pictures going around when he played last season compared to now. He looks leaner, he looks fitter, even though he has been coming back from an injury. He looks happier, certainly in himself. What's your thoughts on that? I mean. Um, you know, I think he plays. If he plays, what is it, seven games? We have to pay ten million to to Spurs, is it, or something like that? I mean, what's your thoughts? Do you think Dice will even even consider him for any of these matches coming up in the first first few weeks? Potentially, I mean, he's not played any football, which is the is the big problem. Obviously, I think he had a, have a have hip surgery as well, um, so he's not played any any preseason games at all. Um, obviously, we saw him photographed in training. Uh, at the back end of last week, which was brilliant to see. He, he certainly looks in looks in, in decent shape. Um, still going through, I'm, I'm sure, his own his own program. So it might take a little bit of time for him to get, you know, to, to a situation where he can be part of the squad. It could be the middle of September. We we just don't know. We're all, we're all just guessing, really. Um, it all depends what the situation is with Spurs. I've ever gone back to the negotiating table and saying, listen, you know, given given what the situation is with with Delhi. Can we look to renegotiate this deal? Who who knows? You know who who knows? Um, we don't. So I think time will tell on that. Um, it's difficult, obviously, from a, a business perspective. You know, with Everton have got to pay ten million pounds to Spurs if he makes seven appearances. Everton, I'm sure, will, will not be will not be looking at doing that. That's just that's just me. It, just ignore what's gone on in terms of the personal aspect. Because Everton, by all accounts, have been terrific with, with Delhi, and he said it himself. Sean Dyche has been fantastic. The club have been fantastic. So that that's a separate matter in terms of a business matter. Paying ten million pounds for a player who who has struggled in terms of injuries, in terms of form. Obviously, he went to Besiktas, struggled over there. Really difficult call, of course. But I think from a business perspective, Everton will not want to be paying ten million pounds. Because they, they they won't be sure what what they will what they will get for that, and because money is tight, it's it's a lot of money to us at this moment in time. So I don't see I don't see it personally. I could be totally wrong, and I you know I hope I hope to God, Delhi 
comes through, gets back to playing his football. We know how good he can be. We've seen him you know, his time at Spurs. He was terrific for, for the vast majority of it. What a player he was. Um, can he get back to that level? He's young enough. You know, he, he's young enough to do it. Um, hopefully, you know, he's overcoming now the the, the issues that he's that he's gone through. Um, and and we we maybe get a chance to see him. Me personally, I just don't think just don't think we're we're going to see him for 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 many games. But if you've got sort of six seven games to play with, then maybe maybe you see him in the odd in the odd game. But I think it might take a little bit of time for Delhi to actually get back to full fitness. So maybe that will tie in then with the, the lead up to the January transfer window when we when we see him you know, fit for the first time and then he, he may look to, to move away to get some regular first seed football. But what do you think, Peter? Are you of the same opinion or do you think that Everton might just go, do you know what? If we can renegotiate, great. You know, we can get the fee down, great. We, we'll do it. Um, or Everton might just go, well, £10 million. We'll back him. We, we'll uh, we'll play him for as many games as the manager needs him for. No, I, I agree with everything you've said, really. I, from a personal point of view, I'd, I'd love to see him again. Um, in, in an Everton shirt, and I'd love his redemption arc to for his career to to, to start at Everton. Um, I, I think I said to both of you lads, you know, I, I hope he's been able to kind of feel and receive some of the support he's got from the fan base because I I know there were a cluster of supporters group that put together some banners for him for yes, yesterday's game. I think initially, at the time that was planned, it was in the hope that he might be kind of fit and available and get some minutes for that game. So it. it on a personal level, it's 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 a shame that he's not been able to experience that, and I hope in whatever form it, it occurs, uh, he's able to get that that moment or experience and feel some of that because I think the the feeling within the club is he's you know he's very much backed and, and supported as a, as an Everton player regardless of of what happens next in his career. Um, I think it would be fabulous if if we could yeah even get a handful of games out of him. Uh, but before we're kind of on the precipice of, of having to part with money because he's an amazing talent and we've we've seen minor flashes of you know of of, of what it, what he can produce. Um not nothing near the the the, the, the Deli Alley that he's he's been in the past. I think the initial rumours uh at the start of pre-season were that Everton were intending to look at another loan deal outside of the Premier League. So my, my understanding was Everton had said that they wouldn't under any condition loan into a Premier League rival, but they would potentially look at a championship loan. And I think uh, West Brom were one of the clubs that were mooted with with a bit of interest. So, it, you know, who knows? It may be that he goes out on loan and the club are kind of watching his, his development to see, um, yeah, where things go for Deli Alley. But I, yeah, I'd love it for, to, to work out at Everton because if, if we got... You know, seventy-five percent of the player he was at Spurs. Um, you know, we we'd be thrilled with that. And he's still he's still a a young man for a football player. So let's see, let's see. But yeah, I, I hope whatever he gets, he gets some more um, some more game time at Everton and some good moments. We don't get many things right as a football club in in recent times. Let's be fair. But I think based on what Daly's come out with and said that Everton have been brilliant. Um, off the field with him, they've looked after him. You know, maybe, maybe he feels like you know he owes something to us as a club in that respect. The fact we've stood with him, we've supported him. You know, you'd like to think most clubs would do that, but Everton are very good at uh, this sort of thing, aren't they? Um, and I'm hoping, you know, personally, you know, if he does get fit enough to be on the bench at least, and he can come in and impact games or. You know, like I said, they might throw him in. They have got six or seven games to play with. Maybe they throw him in the odd game here and there. Maybe, like I said, a cup game or something like that, and see where his levels at. See, you know, because we all know the lad's technically gifted. You know, like you said, Mike, his early days at Spurs. Uh, I'll give you, you know, everything before you know pre Mourinho. You'd probably say he was he was one of the best young players in Europe. Never mind the Premier League. Um, so. Maybe we do have a look at him in that respect. I looked at our bench yesterday, um, and I know there are a few injuries into that as well, and you know the likes of Gray leaving and stuff like that. But it, it, there was there wasn't that much on the bench that makes you think, yeah, you, know, you know. Whereas someone like Deli Ali, you know, if he's on the bench, you know, let's say it's nil nil against someone like uh, Wolves' third game of the season, and you know the, the notoriously tight games against them anyway, and you know we've got ten fifteen minutes to go, and you've got Deli on the bench, then. 
you'd, you know, you'd, you'd arguably bring him on, wouldn't you, for 15, 20 minutes to try and get a goal, to try and turn that, you know, nil-nil potentially into a one-nil or something like that. So it's interesting to see how, how the club will handle it. It's just a shame we're not in a financial position where we can just shore that up straight away and he can get on with his career, isn't it? If we could, if we had that sort of availability of cash, we could just go straight away. Right, let's get it done, and let let's see if we can reignite his career. Because um, as I said, you may get a different animal now, and the fact that the lad feels the club have really supported him, and then he feels he owes something. Um, um, but let let's see how that plays out. I just wanted to get your opinions on it, which is quite interesting, really. Yeah, and I'm sure obviously he'll be well aware of what the club's position is, and they will have spoken to him. I'm sure about about the future and and things like that. So it's uh, as long as it, obviously he's in the know that that that's that's all that matters. Uh, but we'll see how that one how that one plays out, of course. Um, but as I say, you know, it's all eyes now on on Goodison Park next weekend. The Premier League is is nearly back. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait to get to get down there. Hopefully. A, a real positive start for Everton. Let's 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 get off on the on the right foot and, and let's have a season that is much less dramatic than the uh, than the last two. A little reminder before we do go: the fantasy league, as I said last week, is now live. Uh, so all, all the details are on our our Twitter page. There we've had well over a hundred instance already. Seventy five pound a winner, um, and you get the title of beating Lee, who spends half his life researching. Fantasy, fantasy league podcasts, transfers, things like that. So you get you get that honour as well, which I'm, I'm sure will be uh, very enjoyable. Why are you digging me out? I'm just saying you spend a lot of time on fancy fantasy football when we all live, uh, you know, in the no, real mate, world. It's, 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 not, it's, it's just a, it's just underlying football knowledge, mate. You just need to give me a bit of credit here. Yeah, yeah I, finish, okay. I think I finished in the top ten thousand out of eight million players. That's pretty good going. That. Yeah, it's terrific. terrific. You know I mean? I'm waiting for the check in the post. Yeah, as I say, you, you, you don't get paid out, unfortunately. Um, you just get the honour of, of being the Unholy TNC Podcast Premier Champion, which I'm sure you, you enjoy on, on an annual basis. But if anyone can beat him, we'll be uh, we'll be grateful for that. Uh, because it won't be me or Pete, because we, we'll play for the first two or three months and then we forget all about it. Um, so it won't be, won't be me or Pete. So get yourself involved. All details are on, are on Twitter. There's an auto-join uh, link there. Uh, the codes there as well. Um, obviously, free, free to enter and, and seventy-five pounds to the winner. But that's us for this week. Um, say, looking forward now to Everton being back in, in Premier League action next weekend. We'll be back ourselves, usual slot next Sunday. All being well, um, to look back on that first game of the season. Fingers crossed, it's a positive one, and look ahead to the trip to Aston Villa. I was going to do predictions, piece, Peter's fast up predictions. I'm I'm staying away from predictions this season because I think predictions are bringing us bad luck. So I'm not even going to ask for predictions at all now because I think that in in those those uh, worlds that we don't even understand and in the worlds of sort of karma and things like that, I don't even want to talk about it. We have a nice open honest honest conversation about each opposition. I'm not going to ask you what you think the score is going to be. If you want to say it off air, Pete, that's that is up to you. I think. We're influencing things, and we are impacting Everton in, in a negative way. <laughs> well, I'll, ki- I'll kiss me lucky rabbit's foot and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> you just buy your lucky pie from home baked, and, and we'll all be we'll all be okay. Um, so, what, yeah, no, no predictions. Listen, if Everton and if Everton start well, that will continue. If we start poorly, then I might bring them back in, but not at the moment. I'm trying to I'm trying to change the world here, Pete, and change our world for the better. Um, but that's us for this week we'll catch you next weekend thanks for listening and up the toffees the unholy trinity podcast three blues three opinions one Everton podcast sports social podcast network